Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to the Week 5 Review, Week 6 Preview for the 2022 NFL season. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on with you, man? Uh, You know, just looking at the lines, getting ready for this week. uh, Hoping we can get some momentum going here, heading into the middle of the season. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not been great. I'm going to switch things up a little bit this week uh, so that we don't go, you know, too deep into the stats. Um, I'm going to use ESPN's box score. It kind of picked out like the number one player, um, you know, in each position in terms of pass rushing and receiving. We'll just do those instead of getting kind of stuck in. For the good games, maybe we'll go a little bit more in depth, but um, <clears throat> I don't want to get too uh, statistical as I have been doing. Uh, we'll jump right in. Uh, Jeremy and I both had pretty bang average weeks again. I had seven picks correct. Jeremy had six. Uh, we got jammed up by a couple of bogey teams, the Commanders, who've been giving us issues all season. The Lions, again, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think I can bet on them in, in good conscience anymore. We bet on some touchdown scores that didn't hit. Jamal Williams for Jeremy. Uh, Mike Evans for him as well. I had Christian Kirk, who looked like he didn't even play football this week. So it was ugly. Um, we have some ugly games again this week. I don't know, man. It, it's been really tough. This is one of the tougher seasons that I've had handicapping. I'm having a really challenging time just because there's so many teams that I think could be good and aren't, and then there's a lot of teams that everybody thinks are shitty, and those are the teams that fucking cover every week. Like, the Titans have been covering, the Falcons have been covering, the Texans, another team. They've they've covered in these losses, so it's tough. Uh, I gotta stop betting on the Rams, I think. Th- that's just... They're a disgusting football team. Um, but we'll jump into these games and, and sort of get a little bit more uh, into why some of these teams are, are so shitty. Colts Broncos Thursday night football one of the worst games I've probably ever watched uh the Colts ground out a 12 to 9 win over the Broncos in a game that saw literally everybody get hurt um Russell Wilson 21 for 39 with 274 and two interceptions he was absolutely awful in this game Matt Ryan at 251 and two interceptions as well neither of them threw for a touchdown uh, there was no touchdowns in this game. It was all field goals. Denver took an early lead, but the Colts put them away uh, in overtime. Melvin Gordon's the lead back now. Naheem Hines died on the first fucking drive. Uh, Alex Pierce leading receiver with 81 for the Colts and then 74 for uh, Denver in the air for Cortland Sutton. I mean, this was by far the one of the worst games. I'd say it's a top five worst game I've ever watched. Yeah, no, I, me and my friends are saying that might be the worst we've ever watched. I mean, no no touchdowns. Russell Wilson threw two terrible interceptions. Matt Ryan couldn't get anything going. Um, He refused to use Michael Pittman the second half of the game. That whole fiasco was just not fun to watch at all. And we get to watch the Broncos on primetime again on Monday. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be sickening. I mean, I don't know why this team... I think they've had five, four or five primetime games in the first six weeks of the season, which is, like, just obscene. I know that they got Russ, and 
was supposed to be much better than this, but it just isn't. It's 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 truly terrible. Uh, next game, Packers Giants. Despite the Packers going ahead early with a really solid uh, first half, the Giants rally in the fourth quarter, score fourteen, and win. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley really were the two to spoil this one. Rodgers, two hundred twenty-two yards with two TDs. Saquon had seventy yards on the ground and a touchdown, and then Randall Cobb was a leading receiver. For the Packers in this one with 99 yards through the air. Man, this game was bad. Um, the more and more I watch the Giants, the more and more I realize Dabble is a really good coach. He really has them playing. It seems like they've bought in. When you look at the roster, they really don't have anybody besides Saquon. I mean, they have a, a decent enough defense, but even there, it's not anything sensational. Um, we both thought that the Packers would come out. We thought that they would play well, but... They just didn't. They seem, I don't know if, if there's an issue with coaching. I don't know if Rodgers is just extremely uncomfortable with his receiving core or what, but um, it's just not good. It's really not good. I don't know if you have anything to sort of diagnose what's going on there, but uh, it's been really ugly for the Packers so far. They're 3-2. and two. I think they could probably be 4-1 and one at least. Um and the Giants are four and one, and I know we've said like this is the worst four and one or three and one team we've ever seen, but they they have bought in. They are playing like pretty well as a unit, and I think the fact that they're just letting Daniel Jones run the ball and using him like like he's a garbage bag and he's disposable is probably going to lend itself to a, a relatively successful Giants season because. They're not worried about their QB getting hurt. They know that they're probably going to have to take one next year or at least trade for one or something like that. And I think it's sort of unlocked the offense. Yeah, no, I think the way they're playing has definitely made them um, a more preferred landing spot for free agents this offseason, which could definitely help them. Because, I mean, with the way Saquon's playing and the way their team is just playing as a whole, they do have some decent pieces. Um, You know, if they can just fill in some of those key slots that are missing um but as for the Packers it just seems like it's just Aaron Rodgers and the new rookie wide receivers not being on the same page I mean because you can see it with Lazard and Cobb like he did he doesn't miss them he's not overthrowing them like he knows where they're going to be and when they're going to be there um even if they're not the most dominant wide receivers in the league he knows how to find them and where to find them uh Dobbs and Watson have a lot of burst, have a lot of upside um, in terms of playmaking, but they're just not always clicking on the same page, and that's why there's some miscues and some bad throws. At least that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I guess it's possible that they sort of pick it up, but we are five weeks in now, and some of the same issues that we've seen, you know, the miscues, and I know it ta- it can take a season or longer for for guys to sort of come out of their shell and. Get familiar with the offense, especially when you're that young. Um, but it's, it is, it's ugly. It's, it's tough to watch because we're so used to Aaron Rodgers having a safety blanket and Devontae Adams, who we'll get to later. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's tough, man. When you take that away, it, it's, it's really hard because that's sort of your guy that you know is going to be there regardless. And even if your throw is off, he's probably going to make the catch because he's that talented. Um, and it's got to be challenging for Rodgers with, with LaFleur, who I know sometimes he really doesn't get along with, despite saying that he does get along with him. 
uh, and the rookie receivers. It's, it's tough there for sure. Okay, we'll jump into Seahawks. Saints, Seahawks 32, Saints 39. Geno Smith continues his uh, MVP bid with 268 yards, three TDs, three beautiful TDs. We should add DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett. Both had fantastic games. Rashad Penny got hurt here. He's got a fractured fibula. He's out for the season. In terms of the Saints, it was the Taysom Hill show. He had nine uh, he had nine carries and three TDs, 112 yards uh, on the ground. And I don't know. It, it's just, it's so insane. He threw a touchdown as well. Dalton threw a touchdown. Taysom Hill, man, he makes me sick, to be honest with you. I, I, I hate watching him. I really do. But it's, I don't know. He He's essential to, to the Saints' identity. I, I think maybe Sean Payton is somewhere locked in a bunker calling the plays because I, I wasn't imagining that a new coach would use him in this way, but it's the only way that they were able to beat the Seahawks. Um, Seahawks fall to 2-3. and three, Saints are 2-3 and three as well. I think I think the Seattle team is a lot better than people thought they would be, including myself. I did think they would be a really bad team, but they've been able to to stay in these games. They covered for me. I know the spread was seven, but I took them seven and a half because I knew it would be a touchdown game. Uh, and I I think that the Seahawks and Pete Carroll, the way that they're they're all sort of meshing, despite having a somewhat depleted uh, core. They look pretty good when you look at their roster. Yeah, no, I mean, both of this, uh, these teams played well um, over the weekend. Uh, but, I mean, the Seahawks, Geno Smith, really good. Um, somehow, I guess, he's been bad for eight years. But now he looks very, very good. Um, and he's kind of brought them some life. I'm excited to see them this weekend with uh, Kenneth Walker um, out there. That should be fun. But with the Saints, yeah, like you said, I can't believe that we're still doing this whole Taysom Hill clown show nonsense. Um, he has like two good games a season, and that's enough to keep him on the roster, I guess. Um, but he's really not good. Um, they teach, you know, I don't know. I really don't have much to say about Taysom Hill, but at least uh, Alvin Kamara came and played football this week for the Saints, so that's good. Um, but I'm still, I mean, they're not going to be good moving forward. No, I I have very little hope for the Saints moving forward. I don't think the Taysom Hill uh, performances are replicable in, in any sort of fashion. We, he's done this many times before. We know that he can you know come in and win you a game, but he's probably not going to be the answer under center just because he's not... You know, he makes some good throws, but he's not the answer for you long-term at QB. He is truly more of like a fullback, tight end sort of uh, hybrid weirdo. Okay, we'll move on to Steelers, Bills. There's really not that much to talk about with this game because it was a complete domination. The Bills, 38, Steelers, 3. Allen picked apart the Steelers secondary uh, in this win. Josh Allen was just absolutely unbelievable through the air. 424 and 4 TDs, for the most part, just in the first half. Um, He had 5 carries for 42 on the ground as well. And then Gabe Davis... At 171 yards in the air with two TDs. Both of them were unbelievable catches. Uh, and then we should talk about the other side. It was Kenny Pickett. He had 327 and an interception. Nice to see him throw for 300 yards. The running game for Pittsburgh was virtually non-existent. Jalen Warren uh, actually had more yards than Najee Harris in this one. He had five carries for 24. 
and Najee Harris had 11 carries for 20 yards, which is truly terrible. Pickens looked good in this one. Deontay Johnson was virtually non-existent. Then Diggs also had uh, eight catches for 102 yards for the Bills. I don't know, man. This Bills team looks pretty much unstoppable, but we did see them sort of falter against the Dolphins a couple weeks ago. The Steelers are pretty much, you know, this was pretty much what I expected from them. I thought maybe they would try and stay in the game and the Bills would ease off, but, um, you know, only the second part of that was true. They did throw Keenan in there, Keenum in there at the end, and I don't know. It was This is tough, man. The Steelers, there's some bad shit going on there. I don't know how much longer we're going to see Tomlin and the Bills improved 4-1, and one, and I don't really see them stopping. Yeah, my biggest takeaway from that game is that Najee Harris might actually just not be good. He's not good. He has no vision. He, yeah, it's just been all season with him. He, I mean, yeah, we can blame the line, but I mean, when you're averaging one point nine yards a carry or whatever, that means you're also not making any plays for yourself. Like, uh, you know, we all saw the Nick Chubb stat. Um, at least I, I don't know if you did, but he, Nick yeah. Chubb, has four hundred and fifteen yards after contact this season. So yeah, it's, it's like crazy. You know, like he's making his own plays. Uh, Najee is not doing that so much. Um, I'm not making any judgments on Pickett after that game. I mean, to get thrown into the fire against the Buffalo Bills um, in his first career start is pretty much a lose-lose situation because you're not walking away the victorious team. You, your team wasn't winning no matter who you have a quarterback just because the Bills have way more talent. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, excited to see Pickett this week. Um, to see how he does. I'm not sure who they play. I haven't looked forward ahead uh, to that game yet. Um, but the Bills, they look good. So, Yeah, and I think quickly, I, I was doing a deep dive on Najee Harris the other day because he's on my fantasy team, and I, I traded for him because I thought, you know, Swift would be out for, for a considerable amount of time. But, man, Najee is so, so, so poor this season, and the equivalencies that people are drawing are to Trent Richardson. Um, the Alabama running backs, unfortunately, usually have such good offensive lines that they can utilize their burst before they, you know, have contact. And it's guys like Chubb that are runners and even Josh Jacobs this year. Like it's the yards after contact that make them really good running backs. And I didn't ever expect myself to say that Josh Jacobs looks like a really good running back, but he does. He looks fantastic. And it's the fact that these guys can fight for yardage after, you know, they, they hit the first tackler or, or something like that. And Najee can't do it. His vision is poor. He doesn't find the holes. I know they don't have a great line, but he's just, I don't know. I think he may have been one of those, you know, flash in the pan college, college football running backs. And, you know, he was great at Alabama, but he's, he's not been great. Uh, this year he had a couple of good games last year but he looks really really bad and I don't necessarily know if he's going to be able to turn the season around because uh, it looks like the confidence in him is is sort of at an all-time low um okay we'll move on to Vikings Bears ugly one Cousins and the Vikings snap back to life with a late TD and beat the Bears 29 to 22 they covered seven for those of you that had seven but for those of you that had seven and a half I fear they did not cover. Kirk Cousins, 296, one TD. Dalvin Cook had 94 and two TDs. Probably could have been three. Jefferson had 154 yards, but no TDs in this one. Um, what an unbelievable game for 
uh, Justin Jefferson. He is just truly um, a force of nature. He's so, so good. I really thought that the Vikings would be able to just absolutely pound the Bears here, but they weren't able to keep their foot on the gas. The Vikings improved to 4-1, and one, Bears now 2-3. and three. Fields actually had 208 yards in this one, which is shocking. Uh, he had a TD as well. David Montgomery rushed in. He only had 20 yards, and then he actually was the leading receiver for them as well. He had 62 yards through the air. Uh, Vikings defense didn't play great until the very end where they were able to strip somebody and, and run it back. Uh, but it was it was bad, man. This was a this was an ugly game. I think the Vikings are definitely better than this. But this is what happens. Kirk Cousins, despite it being a, a 1 p.m. game, kind of kind of threw it away a little bit, and he had to rely on the defense for them to get it back. Yeah, the Vikings are. Um, I don't know. Like you said, it's it's so up and down with Kirk. Um, it's hard to have any faith in them, you know, long-term consistency in the playoffs, things of that nature. They're a good regular season team because uh, you can get away with having bad games. But, I mean, once it comes down to crunch time, they are they don't seem like they have what it takes to get it done. Um, and as for the Bears, they just need to, I don't know, get rid of the franchise. They are in such a bad spot um, in terms of their future on offense that, they, um, I don't know, man. There's just nothing going for them. I, they have two really great running backs. I guess that's what they got going for them. Um, yeah. But their their quarterback is trash. Um, their wide receiver core is trash, although you could argue that maybe it's Justin Fields' fault. Um, and Cole Komet, who was good in the preseason, has seemingly fallen off the planet as well. So, I mean, I don't really know what's going on over there in Chicago. It's bad. Yeah, I, I really don't know. Um the coaching situation there is not good either. I I think it's actually a miracle that the Bears are two and three. Honestly, it's it's not that bad considering how shitty they are. Okay, let's move on to Texans Jags. This one got me good. Um, Damian Pierce with a fantastic game, ninety nine yards at a TD. He's starting to break out. Trevor Lawrence had two hundred sixty eight yards, threw for two or two hundred eighty six yards, two interceptions. No TDs through the air for him. The Jags were only able to convert two field goals. Texans played a really solid fourth quarter and honestly just a good game overall. This is their first win. They're 1-3-1. and one. The Jags are now 2-3. and three. Um, Jones Jr. had 104 yards in the air, but nobody was able to convert uh, for a TD. Evan Ingram, I thought, was is starting to, to break out as like the um, safety blanket for... Um, Trevor Lawrence, he looked good in this game, but he wasn't able to score either. James Robinson didn't necessarily get it going. Uh, Etienne was the lead back here. He had 10 carries for 71 yards. I just think that this Jaguars team is not all the way there yet. Uh, I do think that that they have teeth, that they can be, you know, stick into games. Um, But, you know, they just, they didn't have it on this day. Davis Mills with a straight-up game management uh, performance here, 140 yards. If the Texans can play like this and beat their division rivals and, and just stay in games, they're definitely going to be a team that you can be profitable betting on. I just, I, I really didn't expect them to to be in this game and and really to win it. Yeah, no, um, like you said about the Jags, I was a little nervous this week coming into it, um, seeing how they bounce back after a loss, um, which they clearly didn't do well, um, and like you said, they're young. Uh, they have a lot of pieces, but they're just not quite there yet. 
Um, good for Evan Ingram, though. Um, you did touch on him. He, the way he kind of got, you know, destroyed in New York from everybody, including us, probably. Yeah, I'm sure no, for sure. Back, I'm sure you can run back clips of us last year saying Evan Ingram's trash. Um, he's looked pretty good this year um, and seems to be reviving his career a little bit. Uh, maybe Dougie P um, is, you know, the best thing down there for the Jags, so good for them on that. But they didn't have it on Sunday. I mean, the loose of the Texans. The Texans have nobody. They have arguably the least talent in the league outside of Damian Pierce and Brandon Cooks. Um, I couldn't name you another player on their team that I'm like, yeah, he has a lot of talent. Um, it's like Nico Collins. He's okay. Yeah. Nobody, nothing to write home about. Um, so they can't be losing these games to the Texans if they want to be taken seriously here moving forward. And they need to get back on the uh, right track this week. So yep. we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Okay. We'll jump into Dolphins Jets. Uh, this is the first time that the Jets have scored 40 points in recent memory. I, I have no idea. There was a stat that I saw, but I, I'm not even going to attempt to look it up because I won't find it. Um, Zach Wilson, 210 yards. Raheem Mostert for the Dolphins had 113 and one TD. I don't even want to think about the last time Raheem Mostert rushed for 100 yards. Uh, it was probably 2018 or 2019. And of course, I played him in fantasy this year or this week. Brees Hall had 100 yards on the ground for the Jets, but Michael Carter actually stole both of his touchdowns. Um, Michael Carter's good, guys. I'm telling you, he's solid. He had 21 and two TDs. Braxton Berrios had a TD. Zach Wilson had a rushing TD. And then Brees Hall actually did get in for one as well. Um, man, what a what an offense the, the Jets sort of displayed for us here. I think the only reason that the Jets were able to win was because Skylar Thompson was the QB uh for Miami he was 19 for 33 with 166 yards and an interception he looked really really bad um like I said Mostert had a good game but Tyreek wasn't necessarily able to get anything going he only had 47 yards Waddle was really quiet he had 23 yards this was tough this is tough for the Dolphins they really need Tua back or if not Tua at least Teddy Bridgewater and Teddy's in the concussion protocol as well as Tua so uh, there was an update on Tua, and I, I just don't see him getting the start this week, maybe not even next week. Uh, Dolphins, it's been ugly for them. They're 3-2, and two, but that record's probably going to continue uh, to shift in a negative fashion just because of, of how bad uh, they are without a, a QB under under center. Yeah, I kind of I feel bad for them. They had a lot, um, a lot of momentum gone, and then Tua goes down, they don't play their cards right necessarily in my opinion he gets injured again um and then teddy's just unlucky i mean he had one pass attempt and got injured um and next thing you know they're on their third string quarterback who probably had no intentions of playing this season he was probably in his mind like oh i'm good to go i can just you know hang out this season and figure out how to play quarterback at the nfl level and now he's getting thrown into it and it's just it's a tough situation for them man um, but we'll see, uh, their potential to it comes back this week, although I don't think so. Um, but they are, they did say there is potential for that. And as for the Jets, I mean, Brees Hall looks good. Um, Zach Wilson looks surprisingly not terrible. Um, so we'll see how they move forward. Um, I mean, two weeks, I'm not ready to buy in on Zach Wilson and the Jets. So we'll no. see how they go moving forward here. Yeah, me neither. It is nice to see the Jets three and two, though. I mean, I don't know the last time they've they've been, you know, 
uh, contender in their division. So that's it's not bad to see. Probably uh, not alive, to be honest. I think. <laughs> what was the year they made the AFC Championship game? I don't know. I'll have to look, but you can move on. I'll take a look. Fifteen? No, fifteen was the Jags, maybe. Uh, 2010 was the most recent, though. Jesus Christ, that's a long time ago. 12 years ago? Who was the QB in that? I will move on, but... Um, Was it Sanchez? I would imagine so. Uh, I'll take a look here. Uh, They did play the Steelers in the league. Yeah. I I think it probably was Sanchez. Kyle, my friend who listens to the show, he's he's a Jets fan. He'll he'll be upset that I I don't know who the QB was. Um. All right, let's move on. Falcons, uh, Bucks. The Falcons able to cover for me. Um, you know the they they sort of came back in the fourth quarter. They had 15 points. The Bucks eased off the gas. They were only up, um, by like 21 points, uh, going into the fourth quarter. The Falcons are a sneaky team, man. They're, they are able to get back into games. They're able to convert in crunch when it matters. Brady did throw for 351. Uh, he had a touchdown as well. Mariota, just terrible in this one. But that's sort of how it goes with Marcus Mariota. The the Bucks or the, the Falcons are just able to stay in games. I don't know how they've done it. They're a cover machine. I think they're 5-0 and against the spread now. Um in terms of receiving for the Bucks, Leonard Fournette had 83 yards receiving. Uh, Evans had 81. Godwin had 61. Leonard had a touchdown through the air. He had a touchdown on the ground. And then Olamide Zacchaeus was the touchdown score in the air for uh, Atlanta. And then Avery Williams rushed one in as well. It's going to be ugly down there uh, in terms of rushing for the Falcons. They're going to probably... Um, tilt to this committee. I know Algier had a majority of the carries. He had 13, but he only had 45 yards. So I'm hoping he gets the red zone uh, carries as well, but that's probably not what's going to happen. It's just my luck this year. I do have him in fantasy because I had to put uh, Patterson on the IL. I don't know. It's not good, but um, Falcons, good team, bad team, or just a team that's going to cover every week? Um, I think... Probably just a team that's going to cover every week. Yeah. I mean, they do do enough to get it done. Um, I don't think Mariota's the future, not that he's playing bad, um, but I do think it's in their best interest to let Desmond Ritter play at some point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just, just to see, you know, if he's their guy moving forward or if they should, you know, keep looking elsewhere. I think that's definitely in their best interest. They do have a lot of talent, though, man. I mean, Algier looks good. Huntley doesn't look bad. Uh, Cordero, when he's not injured, is good. Drake London's good. Kyle Pitts is, I don't know, a blocker, apparently. Yeah, but he, yeah. He, he does have a lot of talent if they would just throw him the ball. And they don't play bad on the defensive end. I mean, holding Tom Brady to 21 points uh, is a pretty good accomplishment. Uh, for the As for the Bucks, though, I think they're a better team when they let Tom go out and sling it like they did. Uh, they started the year trying to be a run-first identity team, and that's that's not the Bucks. That's not how they won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady was out there slinging it, and then they used Lenny in the red zone. And, you know, let him catch passes out in the open field. Don't try to run the whole way down the field. Let Tom be Tom. Oh. Um, and they looked good. 
Now had Mike Evans moved the ball one yard further and gotten a touchdown, would I have been a little happier? Yeah, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, can't have it all, I guess. Okay, let's jump into Lions, Pats. Lions, zero. Pats, 29. The Patriots, D, and Ramondre Stevenson, who had a fantastic game, rallied behind Bailey Zappi, third stringer, uh, and now probably starter <laughs> moving forward, to be honest. Uh, to win against the Lions, twenty-nine nothing. What an absolute shutout this one was. Golf back to back to old golf. Uh, two hundred twenty-nine yards and in interception. Stevenson had one hundred sixty-one yards on the ground. Jacoby Myers had one eleven through the air and a touchdown. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, what a game he had. Damian Harris got injured. He's probably not going to play. Um, but it was really the Pats D in this one that that looked great, and the fact that the Lions just could not get anything going. Uh, Jamal Williams had 56 yards. Reynolds had 92 yards through the air. It looked like Amon Ross St. Brown was on a snap count. Uh, it's not It's not going to be good for the Lions moving forward. I think the Dan Campbell belief experiment is over. Uh, the Lions have one of the most delusional fan bases in all of sports. They have a very bad team. It's a good roster, but a bad team. Uh, they need a new coach, and they probably need to tank because starting one and four in a lot of games that have been close, this is the first blowout. Uh, just not good. They they got to stay in these games better. They got they got to or not stay. They have to win some of these games. And I thought this was a good spot for them, and they weren't able to do it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Moving forward, they they just got to they got to move the ball better. Uh, like you said, that's a smash spot for them, and they didn't get the job done. And I don't know. We'll see tonight. Um, they got the Bears, Commanders Bears. Um, going to be a bad game, but we'll see here moving forward. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Commanders Titans. Good God. What an ugly game this was. I thought the Titans were going to be able to, or the Commanders were going to be able to uh, win this one, but... A late pick by Carson Wentz, which I'm just too familiar with at this point, was the difference in this one. It's the third line or Raider, not Jesus Christ, Titans win in a row. Wentz had 359 in the air with two TDs. Henry had 102 yards and two TDs. Deami Brown, who Almond Ross St. Brown is not a fan of, had 105 yards and two TDs through the air as well. Tannehill, game management, as we've come to expect, 181 in the TD. Um, man, very strange game. Bullet Holes Brian, back from getting shot, came out to many men. Very cool video. Um, Terry McLaurin, actually, again, just ghosting, not getting any red zone targets whatsoever. But Wentz was able to, you know, stack up a decent line. I think he's fourth in the NFL in passing this year, but you don't, always want to be so far up there in passing because typically it means you're playing from behind and that is kind of what happened here there was a lot of lead changes the commanders looked toothy I mean the offense looked okay but they weren't able to establish the rushing game they weren't able to slow the game down at all and the Titans I just think are a, a better coach team they have a couple of more how do you want to say it experienced players um, because the the Washington team is still pretty young and this was this was a tough loss for them just because of that pick at the end. I do think that the Commanders have a favorable matchup tonight. And if Wentz can throw like this and, and really not be afraid to air it out, he's probably going to get picked off a couple times, but he's also going to connect. 
And the Washington receiving core is good. So I'll be curious to see what happens here. It's it's a good spot for Terry McLaurin. He's had a really quiet season so far, and I think he, he could have a good game tonight. Yeah, no, this is a smash spot for the Commanders. Um, I feel like every time we've said that, though, this season, the teams haven't pulled through. There was one game where we said it was a smash spot to get back on track, and they did. Maybe it was the Bengals. Um, but this is what they need. Uh, to get back on track is a good game tonight. I mean, you lose to the Titans when Ryan Tannehill throws for 175, 180 yards. Yeah. Um, Carson Wentz throws for 360, but then gets insulted by his coach at the end of the game. Uh, but we'll see yeah. here. Um, I'd like to see the Commanders come out and put up some points because I don't think the Bears are going to move the ball very much. So the Commanders should have the ball for a decent chunk of the game. And we'll see if that can lead to any points or if they're just destined for misery the rest of the season. Either could be true. Okay, Chargers-Browns. Despite the Chargers trying... uh, Oh, boy. I just realized something. I had Chargers two and a half. No, I I actually didn't get seven picks. All right, I got six picks. Fuck. Um... So despite trying to throw the game away, uh, the Chargers were able to come down thanks to a Jacoby Brissett pick. He had 230 yards and a TD. It was the Eckler show, though. He had 173, a touchdown on the ground, and I believe two touchdowns through the air. Um, No, just one more touchdown through the air. It was fantastic in this one. 173 on the ground is insane. Mike Williams had 134 yards. Um Nick Chubb looked good in this one. Again, 134 and two TDs. Kareem Hunt had a touchdown as well. Amari Cooper had a touchdown. Pretty much everybody was firing here for the Browns, but the Chargers are just a better team. I don't I don't know, man. I, I really did think the Browns were going to pull this one out. They went ahead uh, in the first quarter 14-3, but they just fell off defensively. They let everybody they let everybody from the Chargers get back into it despite all the injuries that they have. Um, this is tough, man. The Browns, the Browns were in a good spot. They put themselves in a good position, and then uh, Jacoby Brissett threw it away, despite Chargers trying to throw it away first. Yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb is unbelievable. Yeah. The guy can't be stopped. Um, with him on their team, the Browns are going to be in every game, seemingly. Um, it's kind of interesting how Kareem Hunt has fallen by the wayside this season. Uh, I mean, he's still getting the ball, but he just hasn't been Kareem Hunt, you know? Uh, but yeah, as for the Chargers, man, they're they're lucky to walk away with this one. They should be 2-3, and three, and the Browns should be 3-2. and two. Um, yeah. But you know, they snuck one out, and that's what you need in, in their division. You need to, you know, get everyone you can. So hopefully that bodes well for them, and maybe we'll see them in the playoffs this season because they have come awfully close here with Jay, Jay Herb at the wheel. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's jump into Niners-Panthers. Niners 37, Panthers 15. Jimmy Garoppolo, just the the game manager from hell, 253 yards, two TDs. Jeff Wilson Jr., my boy, 120 yards and a touchdown for him as well. Um, Tevin Coleman had a touchdown. Ayuk had 58 yards through the air, but it was the defense, man. That San Francisco 49ers defense is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, when you're going up against a guy like Baker Mayfield, who absolutely stinks, you're probably going to get a pick six, at least maybe a fumble six or a scoop and score. You know, uh, it's going to happen. He threw an interception. It was returned for a pick six. McCaffrey had 54 yards and a touchdown on the ground and also 50 yards in the air. 
Man, that Panthers D and the Panthers offense is just bad. Matt Rule was fired after this one. Uh, P.J. Walker is going to be the QB for them now because Donald is still out and Baker uh, has an ankle sprain. So I don't know what to expect there. But the Niners are 3-2 and two now. They look good. They're 1-2 and two away from home. Uh, this was a great win by them, and I, I don't know what to expect from the Panthers, but it can't possibly be any worse than what we've seen so far. Yeah, no, the uh, success story for the Panthers this week is the fact that Matt Rule's fired and Baker Mayfield is injured. Outside of that, there are zero positives. Um, I mean, that's a game we expected the Niners to win. We said it going into it. We're like, the Panthers have no business beating anybody, um, let alone only being six-point underdogs in that game. So it is what it is. Um, chopped up my season with the Panthers. Yeah. So, you know, there's always next season. Probably not, but I like to think that way. <laughs> uh, maybe it's it's possible it, it's possible that next season you know we have a better team who knows um okay eagles uh cardinals jesus this was an ugly one the eagles again scored in the first and second quarters and then fell flat they stay on they stayed undefeated they ha- they hung on at the end to beat the cardinals 20 to 17 Kyler had 250 yards and a touchdown. Hertz had 61 yards on the ground with two TDs. He rushed in himself. He threw for 239. He looked good in the first quarter. First, Well, yeah, I guess you could say the first half, but wasn't able to keep it going there towards the end. Goddard was the leading receiver with 95 yards. Devontae Smith had 87 yards as well. Marquise Brown had a touchdown and 80 yards for Arizona. And then James Conner was the lead back with 55 rushing yards. Um... If Kyler didn't fuck it up and kneel and not give them enough time to win the game, then the Eagles probably would have lost this one. This was a great spot for the Cardinals in terms of covering. I I should have known better, to be honest. I am starting to have some worries about the fact that the Eagles can't score in the second half because when they come up against teams that are significantly better than them, they're going to have to score in the second half, and if they can't do that, then they're they're not going to keep this undefeated record for very long. Um, we have a we have a game against the Cowboys on Sunday night. I think that's a good spot for the Cowboys. I think maybe the Eagles are due for an upset. So I don't know. This Cardinals team's two and three now. They they probably could have won that game. The Eagles try to give it away, and uh, somehow or another, just because the the strength of schedule is so poor, the Eagles, you know have some favorable matchups upcoming. Yeah, I mean, good for them. Yeah. Uh, undefeated. Last undefeated team. Um, and they look they look good um, in the first half, like you said. They kind of take their foot off the gas. It almost seems like Nick Sirianni's doing the whole Sean McVay method. Yeah. Um, playing not to lose instead of playing to win. But I would like to see better second-half performances out of them because there are eventually there is going to be a time where they're behind. Um, and then you can't just coast through the second half. You're going to have to actually come out and play your best football. So I'd like to see them, you know, start trying to put put a beating on teams. So hopefully, you know, this week against the Cowboys, they come out and they can play four good quarters of football instead of just two or three. Yeah. Um. Okay. Rams. Jesus. They lost. They lost. They lost. They lost. I don't know how, but their defense looks like shit. The Cowboys twenty-two, Rams ten. The Rams are now two and three. The Cowboys are four and one. The NFC beast is back. I don't know how, but they are. 
Um, very dominant Cowboys defense performance in this one. Stafford had 308 and a touchdown, but should have been more. Pollard had 86 yards on the ground and a touchdown, and then Cup had 125 and a score. Uh, he's now nursing a foot injury, which is interesting. But the fact that the Cowboys were able to defeat the Rams with Cooper Rush only throwing for 102 yards and zero TDs is very telling uh, about what's going on with the Rams. Their defense is just not, it's not there. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with the offense because it's only Cup that looks like he's playing. Stafford looks bad. Their running game looks terrible. Akers looks awful. Um, and this Dallas team is getting performances, you know, from, from everybody, you know. Rush is in there. He's very steady. You know what you're going to get from him. Pollard and Zeke both look good. CD looks good. And then their defense is like just unstoppable. So a really bad performance from the Rams. They fucked me. I thought they'd be able to stay in this one. Uh, And another great win for the Cowboys. Yeah, I refuse to have any faith in the Rams moving forward until they show us something. I mean, they go from Super Bowl champs to almost hard to watch. No, Um, definitely hard to watch. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby versus the world at this point. Like, that's not what you want, man. Cam Akers, you got to go, dude. I'm sorry. You cannot run the football for shit, dude. Put Daryl Henderson or anybody. I don't know. Whoever their third stringer is. is, What is it? Malcolm Brown probably still? Brandon Powell. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, But anybody to try and get some explosiveness from the run game, man. And, yeah, they don't have it. Uh, Cooper Rush, though, he's got it. Um, yeah. Undefeated in the NFL, so I think he only threw for like 180 yards. But I'm still, I'll ride the Cooper Rush hype train until the wheels fall off. I mean, undefeated. Fuck Dak Prescott. Um, keep Cooper Rush in there. And good for the Cowboys, man. I mean, at least they're making the division competitive. They're looking good. Giants looking good. Who we know will fall off eventually. Um, and the Eagles are looking good. So, I mean, it's it's been fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's move on. We have two more games. We had the Ravens taking on the Bengals on Sunday Night Football. Great win for the Bengals. They secured the win for me. Burrow, 217 in the TD. Mixon, 14 uh, carries on the ground with 78 yards. Andrews had 89 yards in the TD through the air. And then we had Lamar Jackson, who sort of played game management in this one. He missed a couple of really nice throws. Uh, or nice routes, rather. He missed them straight up. He he probably should have had 300 yards in this game if he would have connected with those, but he wasn't able to do that. He threw a pick as well. He had 60 on the ground. Dobbins had 44, and then uh, not really much else going on. The defense played well enough, I would say, but uh, the, the Cincinnati receiving game is not what it was last year. Uh, no T Higgins. He got injured in the first quarter. He's nursing an ankle injury. Jamar Chase does not look that good. He only had 50 in this game. Hayden Hurts actually out received him with 53 and a touchdown. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not scared of this Bengals team. They don't move the needle for me. The play calling is really bad. Taylor is a terrible coach, which I was on. I was saying last year, he fucking sucks. I think the Ravens are a better team. They're, they're better coach. They have a better QB. And they won this game like they should have. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying it all year. The the Ravens were a nine and eight football team last year, um, and made it to the Super Bowl. And everyone thinks they're unbelievable. Um, they're really not yeah. that great. 
Uh, Jamar Chase is he is really high upside, but it seems like his floor games are very, very low in terms of production. Um, they do need T. Higgins out there. He is their most consistent pass catcher, um, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. But, yeah, I'm not scared of them. Uh, I am scared of Lamar Jackson. He's very good at football. Yep. Um, not his best performance this weekend, um, but still, you know, good enough to get the job done. So moving forward, they'll be fine, um, and they should win the division, no problem. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then the last game of the week, Monday Night Football, a absolute classic shootout between the Raiders and the Chiefs. The Chiefs held on despite going down 20 to nothing. Or was it... Was it yeah, I think it was 20 to nothing. Um, they scored 10 in the second quarter, 14 in the third, and then another 6 in the fourth. Mahomes with 292, 4 TDs, all to Travis Kelsey because they doubled him all the way up the field, the Raiders secondary, and weren't able to fucking guard him in the end zone, that is where Travis Kelsey is most dangerous, and they didn't they didn't cover him. He was in zero coverage in the end zone and doubled and tripled all the way up the field. I don't understand it. Put me in a room with the Raiders secondary coach and and we'll we'll have a chat. We'll talk. Um Josh Jacobs looked fantastic. Homeless legend, 154, one TD. Devontae Adams looked great too, 124, two TDs, and he also assaulted a cameraman. Um, and then, you know, the Chiefs just, just a good game. Um, Mahomes is, is exactly, uh, right on pace for what he normally does. MVS had 90 yards. Hardman had 73. Kelsey only had 25 in the four, the four TDs, of course. And then their defense wasn't necessarily fantastic in this game, but they kicked a really nice field goal there, uh, towards the end. Matt Wright, I think it was a 59 and they won the game. So. Really good performance from the Chiefs. This is probably uh, how everybody saw this going. The Raiders fall to one and four, kind of unlucky, because uh, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams really wanted to win this game, and, and Josh Jacobs too. But yeah, I don't know. I I thought I thought the cover was probably pretty free, but I went with the over instead, and I'm I'm glad that cashed. Yeah, the uh, the Raiders are not a one and four football team. Uh, no, they're they better just... than that. They've choked away a couple games. They deserve to have two or three wins. Um, they looked really good coming out of the gate, and then uh, they they pissed off Patrick Mahomes, and that's kind of that's kind of when things go downhill for your team. Um, it's funny that act that controversial roughing the passer call actually seemed to work out in the Chiefs' favor because it gave yeah. them some life and it gave the stadium life and it brought everyone you know together again because they were getting smoked at that point. Um, but yeah, that was a. Great performance by both teams. That game was really fun to watch. I'm glad we finally got a good primetime game. And it looks like the Chiefs and the Bills are still the clear Super Bowl favorites, at least in my opinion. Um, I really don't think anyone from the NFC wins unless Tom Brady sneaks his way in there just because he has that way of kind of just like figuring it out in the Super Bowl. Um, but I think it's going to be the Bills or the Chiefs, and that's that was pretty evident by their performances this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, that's our recap. Let's jump into previews for this week. Oh boy. Um, Commanders Bears tonight at 8.15. This is going to be an absolute stinker. The over is very low. It's at 37.5. Both of these teams have awful defenses. I really do like the over. I know a lot of people said it's going to be, you know, 
a game where there's a million field goals kicked, but I, I really don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I'm going to take the Commanders because I think we're going to see a really, really dynamic performance from the Commanders' offense. Um, if you guys are interested in a strange bet, Justin Fields is plus 640 to throw for 250 yards. That is insane. Any quarterback that is in the NFL should be able to throw for 250 yards against a bad defense. I don't think he can, but it's probably worth five bucks. Um, so, so maybe sprinkle a little bit of a five on there. I'm going to take the commanders though, because the money's all over the bears. I just think the bears are a bad team and I think the commanders are bad too, but they're not as bad. Yep. I'm in commanders money line. They're a better football team. Um, bears have done nothing but show us their trash. At least the commanders have shown signs of life. So yeah, give me that money line. Okay. Um, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. On Sunday, the Bucks are eight and a half point favorites. Um, minus four hundred on the money line. The over unders at forty three and a half. I'm gonna take the Bucks eight and a half. I think they win by a touchdown and a field goal. I, I'm not gonna overthink it. I agree. This is another bad spot for Kenny Pickett to come into starting his career. Like, you know, God forbid he plays a soft defense, you know, like the Lions of the Seahawks so far this year, but he's gotten the Bills and the Bucks back to back. I don't think this is a good showing for him either. Give me the box when it's eight and a half. I think there's probably money all over it too. I, I haven't looked at it, but oh yeah, there is. Um I just I think it's a decent spot. So Okay, we have Jags Colts. Jacksonville Jaguars are plus one and a half in Indy. The Jags are notoriously a bogey team for the Colts. The Colts got a win against the team. Uh, in the Broncos that are just not very good. I think I'd take the Jags over the Broncos. Um, this is tough, man. This is a really tough one. I think I'm going to take the over. The over-under set at 42.5. I think that's all right. Um, I'm going to take that. I think if the Jags win, it's going to be in a shootout. Matt Ryan's not afraid to throw the ball. He just kind of gets mangled when he doesn't throw the ball. So... I'm going to go with the over and, and pray for a shootout. I'm going to Jags money line. Um, I, don't, I don't have a lot of faith in the Colts after what I just watched for two and a half hours on Thursday. So, yeah, I'm taking the Jags money line. Cool. Uh, Bengals, Saints. Bengals currently uh, one and a half point favorites against the Saints. This is another game that I really hate. I'm going to take the over again. It's at 43 and a half. All of the money is on the Bengals. This one is set up for an absolute disaster in New Orleans. Something that rivals Hurricane Katrina, I think. Um, I, I don't feel confident betting on the Saints, but I do think the Saints could stay in this game. The, the spread's not big enough either to, to take the Saints spread. So I'm going to go with the over. I think it could be a 25 to 22 game, something like that. So I'll go with the over again. Give me the Saints money line. Um, also, I do think an Alvin Kamara touchdown's a good bet. But the Bengals, uh, T. Higgins didn't practice yesterday. Who knows what his status is with that ankle? Um, I mean, he only played a couple snaps this week before re-aggravating it. Um, and like you said, their pass offense has not looked explosive. The Saints have a great defense. 
So I think they should be able to do enough to get it done. So I'm going to take the Saints money line. Okay. We have the Green Bay Packers taking on the New York Jets uh, in Green Bay. Packers currently seven-point favorites, over-under set at 45.5. I like the under, but I'm going to take Packers minus seven. Um, I think the Jets are in a letdown spot. The Green Bay Packers did just lose to the Giants, but I don't think that they're going to lose to the Jets. Uh, Jets have two wins in a row here now. Don't see it being three, especially against Aaron Rodgers. I'll take Packers minus seven. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, Packers minus seven. I don't see the Jets competing with Aaron Rodgers, although they have looked good. Um, and we did say Packers have struggled a little bit, but I still think this is a good spot for the Packers to get back on track. So I'm in. Uh, Packers minus seven. Cool. We have the Cleveland Browns taking on the New England Patriots. Uh, Pats currently two and a half point dogs. Over 43 and a half is the, um, or 43 and a half is the total. I'm going to take the Browns money line, I think. Uh, disappointing loss against the Chargers last week. They threw it away. I do think the Browns have a more established run game. I don't think Ramondre Stevenson, I know Carson's going to be upset about this. I don't think he's the answer at running back. I think Damian Harris is a better player. I think the Browns just have a much better game on the ground. They have better receivers. I'm going to take the Browns on this one. I, I really like them to, to bounce back. Yeah, I like the Browns as well. Um, and I do see this being a running game. Yep. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to go under 43 and a half. Um, I think one team is going to struggle on offense. I'm not sure which team. Um just trying to get the run going, and regardless, it's just going to be a pretty grind-the-game-away-on-the-ground type game. So I'm going under 43 and a half. All right. We have the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Miami Dolphins as one of our last 1 p.m. games. Vikings currently three-and-a-half-point favorites, minus 178 on the money line. The over-under set at 45-and-a-half. Ooh, hate that line. Uh, give me the Vikings money line at minus 178. I love it. If Skylar Thompson is going to be the QB here for the Dolphins, I don't think I can bet on them. I don't think their run game is going to be as good as it was last week. I think the Vikings are a more complete team. They're better coached. And I think they have a more experienced QB. This one's as clear-cut as it can be for me. Yeah, no, I'm pretty much on the same page here. I mean, if the Dolphins have to play their third-string quarterback, that's just not a winning recipe in the NFL. So, I mean, give me the Vikings money line. I mean, minus 178, is that the best value in the world? No, but for the scenario we're in, I think it's great value. Yeah, I agree. Baltimore Ravens taking on the New York Giants at MetLife. Ravens currently six-point favorites. I'm going to alt it down. Give me Ravens minus five-and-a-half alt spread. I think they win this game by a touchdown. Giants are not as good as everybody says they are. And if they can stop the run, if the Ravens can stop the run, that is, uh, they should be able to just get themselves a, a nice, comfortable, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten point win in this one. Yeah, I do like the, the Ravens. Um, but for the sake of us not just you know, picking what seems like our smash spots here. I'm going with the over here. Um, like you said, I do think the Ravens win, uh, but the Giants offense has looked good, yeah, and the Ravens secondary has looked bad. So, I mean, 44.5 points, that's not a ton of points when you think about the way these two teams have been playing. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm going with Ravens over 44.5, and I will probably, you know, be taking the Ravens money line with an alt over at some point come Sunday. Cool. We have the Niners taking on the Falcons in Atlanta. 
Niners currently five and a half point favorites. Money is all over the Niners. I think I got to ride with my Falcons again. Um, I'm going to take an alt spread. I'm going to take seven and a half. I think uh, the Niners are kind of due for a letdown. And I don't think that the Falcons are that bad of a team. So I'm going to take Falcons plus seven and a half alt spread. That's minus 166 in terms of odds. I really like this spot for them. I know like the Niners have been good. The Falcons are just covering, but there's there's no reason to change my recipe. They've they've been a, a consistent win for me every week. So I'll take the Falcons. Yeah, no, I'm in. Um, I, when I saw the sign, I was kind of surprised it was five and a half. I was expecting, you know, two and a half, three and a half, uh, just with the way the Falcons have been keeping games close and the fact yep. that they keep running Vegas. Um, maybe that's why they moved it to five and a half. Maybe they originally it was six and a half or something. But yeah, I'm in. Uh, give me the Falcons. I'll, I'll just take them. I, actually, Fandle doesn't have seven flat, but that's where I will end up taking them. And Plus just seven. Live if I get one. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll take seven and a half. Um, I think that's a good spot for them. I mean, a touch. I think they're within a touchdown to the Niners in terms of talent-wise at the yeah. moment. So I'm in. Absolutely. Okay, Panthers Rams. Uh, this is just the worst game I've ever seen. Uh, Rams currently ten point favorites against the Panthers at SoFi. The money is not as deep on the Rams as you would expect. It's only only fifty percent of the spreads or the bets are on the spread. The LA Rams spread. Ugh, this game stinks. I don't know what to pick here. I really don't even want to pick something. What I'm going to do uh, is take a Christian McCaffrey touchdown because the Rams can't stop the run. And I think, you know, he's one of the best running backs in the NFL, one of the best I've ever seen. So uh, I'll take a McCaffrey TD. Yeah. This might be the first and last time you hear me say this all season. I think this is actually a good spot to take the Panthers. I mean, if we can score 14 points, we cover the spread. The Rams' offense has looked abysmal, um, and I think 10 points is a lot of points to give the Rams at the moment against any team. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in on the Panthers, plus 10. I'd probably take them plus 10.5 just so you don't get a push. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think Panthers plus 10 is the way to go. All right. We have the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Seattle Seahawks up next. Gino Marino going against the mental midget, Kyler Murray. I'm taking the Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks money line plus 122. Games in Seattle. Fans are are buzzing about Gino. I love it. Um, he's probably due for a, a stinky game here soon, but I, he's going to be my QB1. I just traded Kyler Murray because I really hate Kyler, uh, and I want to go with the Seahawks. I, I love this spot for them. Yeah, no, we're pretty much in agreement here. Um, most of these picks, I'm in on the Seahawks money line. I mean, they just, I don't know. The Cardinals haven't impressed me, and the Seahawks have. Now, did I have lower expectations for the Seahawks than I did yeah, the Cardinals? Yeah, for sure. But I think at the current moment, this game is a toss-up, so I'm going to take the money. I'm going to take the value pick, and I'm taking the Seahawks plus money. Okay, we have the Buffalo Bills taking on the Kansas City Chiefs up next. Bills currently two-and-a-half-point favorites. Games in Arrowhead. Man, this is one of the last spots uh, in the NFL where home field advantage really does matter. The Chiefs fans are very active. Arrowhead is a tough place to go and play. Uh, it's a 426 game. We're going to get a rematch of the AFC Championship game. Or actually, no, that wasn't the championship game. That was, that was a divisional mm-hmm. round, wasn't it? Um, so the Chiefs, yeah. Yeah, it was divisional they, because the Chiefs played lost. the Bengals. 
Eagles, yeah. Okay, so a rematch of that absolute barn burner, if you guys remember that last year, the OT game, such an unbelievable performance. I'm taking the Bills. I th- I think they get it done here. Um, I would imagine you're going to be on the Chiefs. You're a Chiefs guy, but I'm, I'm going to take the Bills here. I think they can win this game. Yeah, I'm on the Chiefs. You are correct there. Um, I'm going to go plus three. Uh, two and a half just doesn't make a lot of sense Yeah, from a betting standpoint. Um, I'm going to go Chiefs plus three. I mean, this game is going to be an electric factory. It's going to be so fun. Watching it, um, I probably won't even bet a ton of money on it unless it's on like player props for shits and gigs. But I'm just going to enjoy watching this football game. They need to flex this game. They need to get the Broncos off of Monday Night Football. This game deserves to be a 425 football game whatsoever. I totally agree. Okay, we have Cowboys-Eagles up next. This is the 8 p.m. game. Sunday night football, man, this game could be really good or it could be really bad. I really think this is going to be an under game. I'm going to take under 42 and a half. You guys might want to flex that up a little bit uh, if you're looking to throw it into a parlay because you don't want to get jammed up. But uh, these these teams don't score a ton of points. Uh, the, the Eagles really struggle to score points in the second half. So I'm going to take under 42 and a half. I do think the Eagles win, but just barely. I, I like the Cowboys to cover, honestly. So I'll take 42.5, the, the under on that. I'm going with the Eagles, minus 6.5. Um, a lot of money on Dallas so far. Yeah. Uh, I just think the Eagles are a better football team. So I'm in. Give me the Eagles minus 6.5, and, and hopefully they pull it out. Okay. Uh, and then we have the Denver Broncos taking on the L.A. Chargers. Chargers currently four-and-a-half-point favorites against the Broncos. Russell Wilson with a partially torn lat. I have no idea what to expect there. Money's all over the Chargers. Don't care. Give me Chargers four-and-a-half. I think they win by 10. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous here. It just seems like a trap, doesn't it? It's just No, no it definitely feels like a trap, but I, I just got to like... trust my gut here. It's... Screaming trap, man. I'm going to take the Broncos plus four and a half with my least confident pick of the week. All right. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Okay. Um, that's probably the trappiest line of the week, to be honest. Chargers probably oh. win by four points somehow. Two safeties. Um, okay. That's everything. Guys, thank you for listening. Uh, I'm looking forward to week six. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not even going to say, you know, we're going to win our money back this week because who the fuck knows? Honestly, uh, it's been tough. It's been really bad. Six, six, uh, picks correct for both of us last week. Six and 10 is, is just not good. Uh, we got to be better than that. I pride myself on being a decent handicapper and it, it's just not been that way. <laughs> um, at all for me this season, Jeremy's picks are usually sharper than mine, and even you're struggling this year on, on the, the podcast picks. So uh, hopefully the NFL kicks into gear soon and, and teams play to their expected standard. Uh, I, I don't know. I, honestly, there's there's no indicator that that's going to happen, but we, we can hope. Um, okay, that's everything. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find all past episodes and future episodes of this show and the Premier League show uh, on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. We will see you guys next week. Take care. Enjoy your weekend. 
Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. See you, everybody. Good luck this week.